Right, we're ready. So are you ready? I think I am. Okay, good. <laughs> Welcome to the Vine Time with Melanie Boldick. Today's guest, I have J.P. McMahon. Is that correct pronunciation? That is indeed. Okay, good. Uh, from Enir, is that correct? Enir. In here. That is correct as well. And go away. And welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. Very good. And so, um, you know, I, I know about you because I lived in Galway briefly. I lived there uh, about seven years ago in a place called Menlo Park. And so... I know, I know it. Yeah. So, and yeah. I, know, I know where it is. Yeah. Yes. You've been there to the castle, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah great spot. And so um, so at the time I was living in Galway, I was trying to sell wine. And I think I'd spoken to your wine director at that time. Uh, but I do know your brother. I met your brother. He's one of the first people I met in Galway, actually. Jerry. Ah, very good. Yeah. Very good. And uh, Pierce. Jerry and Pierce. Was Pierce working? Yeah, there? yeah. Actually, Pierce has, has, has moved on. I don't know where Pierce has gone. But he's, uh, yeah, but uh, Pierce was working at the time, yeah. Yeah, at the time. So you're originally from Dublin. Uh, yes. Right. And so how did you end up in Galway? Um, I came down um, for a summer in um, the 1999, actually, I think. Yes, I came down the summer of 1999. And um, I, I think I just came down on a whim. Um, a few people were moving to Galway that I knew from, I was, I, I was living in Minute um, at the time, the university town. And we went, uh, we came to Galway. I didn't really have any plans. And in spite of, I suppose, traveling a little bit since then, I lived, for Cork, uh, I lived in Cork for three years and I lived in Edinburgh for a year. Uh, I kept coming back to Galway all the time. And, uh, it's a really magical place. It's a beautiful city. Yeah, and eventually, I think 2006, when we moved back in, actually, I think 2005, late 2005, we moved back. And then, yeah, I've been here since. Mm-hmm. And um, so, were you when you were in all those other places? Were you cooking? Like, you um, I started or... cooking in in Galway. I cooked before, um, and I was cooking in a, a pizzeria, pizza and pasta place uh, called Fat Freddy's on Key Street, uh, which has renamed itself Freddy's now. I think fat is no longer a good thing to say. Okay. Um, but which is unfortunate because the cartoon it's named after the cartoon character, you know. Right. Um, and. Um, Yes, and, and so I was cooking there on and off, and uh, when I came back in 2005, 2006, I, I was the head chef there, and um, yeah, they, 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 I moved off in, when did I move? 2007, and I got the opportunity to open Cava in 2008, right. um, myself myself and my wife, right. yeah. and that was our first venture into into food and, and wine. Um Spanish restaurant. We just celebrated our fifteenth year this year. Great. Yeah, I, I've never eaten there. I when I lived in Galway, I never went out to eat. I was always sort of, uh, I was always back and forth on the road. So I was actually running a wine company based in Dublin, and okay. I was selling to a fellow named Kieran. I want to say his name was that commute Kieran. I forget his name, but he owns a little B and B in the Clada, and okay. uh, he has a little cash and carry that's sort of outside of the town. And and so I'd met someone from Chief Nocton's. And I've met a few people here and there, but I was basically selling to, so I sold directly in Dublin, but mm. then I was selling to cash and carries uh, nationally, if that made sense. I had one mm. in Cork, I had one in Galway, I had one in uh, Wexford, oh, okay. and one up in, uh, not Monaghan, but Cavan. And so mm. I would, you know, one one day I'd have a boot full of champagne and I'd be driving it all around Ireland and the next day, you know, 
you know, it was all over the place kind of thing. But it wasn't yeah. uh, the poor, uh, not the guy uh, Pork who has a dare, the, the Airbnb. No, not, not that guy. Yes, it is him. Ah, uh, yes, is he yes, still there? Him, I know. Yes, he is indeed, and he still runs a dare beverages and yeah. uh, that's it. Yeah, a few, a, few, a few other bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sold him a bit of champagne and a few bits and pieces. So at the time, previous to going to work, I was doing consultancy for wineries. And I had actually um, gone to Ireland to sell a bunch of my wineries to them. Uh, and they gave me a job in a car and a seat. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah. I love Galway. Galway's a great city. So you have Cava. And then you had a small little shop as well. But I think that place is gone since COVID. Yeah, well, we, we, we had Cava. And then we opened Anir in 2011. So Anir right. is still there. Anir is uh, 12 years going. Um, and after we we did a after we opened actually the same year we opened in near we we did the we did the food Massimo's as uh, this pub for six years actually okay. uh, it's in the West End and so we did a lot of kind of gastro pubs we did a lot of our outside catering from for, from there nice. and uh, we did up, did did that up to twenty seventeen and then we opened Tartar Cafe and Wine Bar okay, in twenty seventeen yeah. and that was the one we closed last year. Um and again, it was sad to see it go because it was a lovely idea. It was kind of like a, like a, like an near light almost, uh, like mm-hmm. a little sister of a near. And we did a daytime and nighttime thing, a kind of focus on organic, natural, and biodynamic wines. Yeah. Um, and we ran different events, um, natural wine week and go away and that. So yeah, it was it was it was we had a good time, and unfortunately, just between COVID and right. the energy crisis, the staffing crisis. It, it all kind of came together and then we ended up with, I suppose, three places that we couldn't really staff properly. And we decided to, rather than affecting the three of them to, to sure. close one and, uh, and, and to, and to take all the staff out of the Tartar. And actually that, that's what we did. We, we just kind of uh, spread the staff amongst Anir and, uh, and Cabot. Yeah. It's a shame. It's not, it's happening here as well. It's, it's everywhere. Um, and so you have a few Michelin stars, is that correct? I have I have one Michelin star. One Michelin star for Anir. Uh, for Anir, yes. yes and okay. uh, we just we we just got our plaque for twenty twenty three. So that's another. Exciting. It's ten okay. years. Ten years we have it. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, very good. And then, um, so when I was in Galway, you were focusing on seaweed, and this was, and I believe you've yes. have you written a book about this, or I, I I've written um, a few books. I um, I wrote the Irish cookbook, which is which is a, a kind of poem of a thing it's published by Fidon there's 500 recipes in it about Irish food um, and there's quite a lot about seaweed and foraging in it as well and then just this year I did uh, an Anir an book more of a kind of reflection on 12 years of Anir less than less than a cookbook um, and yeah but I think that the two our two focuses in Anir you could say are are the kind of seaweed and then the the wild foods of Ireland you know and, and, and that engaging with that in a kind of micro seasonal way and trying to build up the menu with stuff we can get every week you know sure and you do a lot of other stuff too you do cooking classes and then you have yeah we have the cooking school yeah we have the cooking school and we do classes throughout the year we do uh, we did quite a lot of uh, online kids classes during covid and we're going to start a few more um in september um and we also we just set up another um i wouldn't uh we can call it a festival per se. We, we ran the Galway Food Festival for a, a number of years. And then this year we've set up Blossom of Oliva, which is like Irish for a taste of Galway. 
and it's a kind of me- membered network organization and we had a month of food in may and we're going to do another month of food in november so just kind of like trying to keep i mean i suppose trying to rebuild and regroup i think it's the main two two things because after i'm sure it's happened there as well uh, covid has kind of decimated a lot of the industry in terms of not only in terms of places closing but also the kind of the the community networks that we had and mm-hmm. everyone is kind of in their own place doing what they do so it's just trying to kind of bring back some of those some of those elements of course yeah it's great to bring people together though they do a taste of dublin as well so i i once upon a time many years ago i was involved in that when i sold wine in dublin uh, yeah yeah but, uh, oh, yeah, but uh, yeah i'm actually i'm actually participating in a taste of dublin on saturday actually oh is they it usually coming up? go up yeah they they have various chefs from around the country and i'm just sure. doing a little demo and um, but um, it's um, it's it's a nice event, yeah. And you've been traveling around a bit. I mean, you're based in Galway and you're in Ireland, but you write for the Irish Times. And then you uh, you were in New York, I believe, at some stage. Yeah, I know. I've I've, I've I I travel quite quite a bit. I mean, less so um, since since COVID, but certainly up to COVID, um, I was I traveled quite a bit, and um, whether it was in Europe, um, Europe and America, um, mostly, and. Yeah, sometimes it's food conferences, sometimes it's cooking, collaborating, right. sometimes it's uh, uh, talking about Irish food. So, yeah, it's... Um, You're doing a collaborating now a, with someone, correct? Yeah, we're doing... We're, actually, next week we are doing um, a collaboration with Matt Orlando, who's an American chef who had a mass in Copenhagen, which also closed because of COVID. And so Matt is coming over to cook with us. Matt has, I forgot to actually mention, Matt, Matt, we, we have Food in the Edge as well, which is the international symposium we run. Right. Um, and that we run that, uh, that's on every October. It started in Galway, it was, it was for Gal- in Galway for six or seven years, and then we brought it to Dublin, and it's been in Dublin for the last three. Right, that's wonderful. And where in America is he from? Matt is from San Diego. Okay. He's, he's, ba- he's based out of Copenhagen at the moment. Right, he lives in Copenhagen. Oh, very good. And then you were in New Zealand just recently? I was. That was a, a, again another another cooking trip. Um, we we met the the chef whom I cooked with had had come over to Food in the Edge in 2017, and then the woman that runs uh, Taste of Wellington or Wellington on a plate actually uh, was over at Food in the Edge last year, and we just kind of got talking. And again, similarity, similar interest in uh, wild food, the, um, uh, whether it's seaweed or sea herbs or fish right. or shellfish. So we, we put a collaborative menu. Yeah, we put sure. a collaborative menu together, and we um, we did this uh, just recently. Yeah. So, it, would you say that your style of cooking is, you know, have you ever heard of um, macrobiotics? Yes, I have. Yeah. You know, macrobiotics is sort of based on you. You sort of eat what is is not, what's in your back garden. You know that type of thing. Mm. So, I mean, is that kind of that your focus would be on organic products that would be local? Is that correct? Yeah, it very much so. We like we we kind of like. Some of our producers are um, are are quite small producers. They probably wouldn't have that organic certification. A lot of them are farming kind of uh, organically or as close to it. Um, but we have various different um, producers we work with. Some different foragers that uh, that live in the area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the seaweed farmers, different various different people, and uh, we kind of like we've been developing that over 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 ten or twelve years and. We've, we look. We always find some new suppliers that are that are new producers that are, are very uh, very interesting. And each each week kind of brings with it um, new. I suppose 
produce or also still some stuff that we um that we may have preserved from a from an earlier season sure when i lived in galway i used to my my uh i had an apple tree in my back garden and so i'd pick the apples and then i'd go pick the brambles and i'd make an apple and, and bramble tart because it was just all right there it was amazing mm. um i really had a wonderful time there i just once i finished with the wine company it was very hard for me to find work in Galway being foreign and not really knowing very many people and yeah. there wasn't really a whole lot of work there was more work in Dublin and I think I, I I love Galway and I'm grateful for the time I lived there but I think if I went back I'd live in Dublin again I have an older child yeah I mean yeah I mean that's always the I suppose always the difficulty and like it's the um it's even the same with um the staffing crisis at the moment i think uh, the the cities outside dublin are suffering more because there's less people and there's less um accommodation so it's i mean most people are gravi- or most people are gravitating gravitating towards dublin because that is where the most work is you know and right. we we find it very difficult particularly at an ear when you're looking for very specific uh, chefs or very specific floor right. staff i mean most of them are in dublin you know it's it's right. it's if they're coming to Galway, they're they're only really coming if they if they um, have a specific job. Sure. And so I just want to get back to seaweed again because this is what I remember from you. So to talk to me about seaweed and what you know your take is on it. Not you know like should we be consuming it? I mean, are people harvesting seaweed off the coast of Ireland for? I know here in Maine we we have a lot of people who are harvesting seaweed. Uh, Bangs Island mussels, which is some people I did a mm-hmm. video with. Um, they have a seaweed farm right here in Casco Bay, and I know a lot of people who are doing it down east as well. But what they they're harvesting it for is not to be edible. They're actually harvesting it for products. You can sell it. It's like a cash crop, if you will. Mm. Um, so, so talk to me about seaweed and the benefits of seaweed. Yeah, um, I mean, it's 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 been uh, I suppose it's been harvested for for a lot of different um, things. I mean, we would we would harvest it ourselves in a, in a very small capacity for the restaurant. So that's like okay. one element is we harvested fresh. Yeah. I say fresh sea lettuce, fresh kelp, fresh dillus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd also work with foragers who are who are harvesting it for as food to sell right. it to different restaurants. Some of the larger uh, companies we work with, say Connemara Seaweed. They would be, I think they're fifth generation harvesters. They would be harvesting a lot of seaweed. Some of it is for selling to restaurants dried. Some of it is um, uh, for the health industry in terms of uh, as a nutrient. It can go mm-hmm. into any, uh, any product. Some of it is for the cosmetics industry. Right. Some of the, say, like um, carrageen or that is used in a lot of soaps it's or it's gels. It's products too, I think. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then also it's also used as um, a fertilizer as well because it's full of nitrogen oh, of course right and so, so you can, as, you can... as you use it is it dried like is you know did you harvest seaweed and then dry it then use it or how we we, we use it in in both ways we use it fresh okay and we also we also dry it ourselves and then we mill it and then we also buy dried okay. um and we use the product um dry as well and so you um, you had a seaweed week. Is that correct? It was, it was a while ago, but there was like a, a seaweed menu and, and a, you had a few other people that had the menu. Is that correct or no? Maybe that was something we did. Yeah. Um, no, I um, I don't think so. Um, okay. I think we think did back. that. We had a week here, I think, where we did. It was like it was like we all the restaurants kind of included a dish that had seaweed in, and it was just kind of cool. Sounds, sounds, like, sounds like a great idea. I might yeah. have to borrow it. Um, <laughs> it absolutely sounds like a great idea. I'm always trying to encourage other restaurants to use it. And I mean, the difficulty is always that it's either we don't know how or right. um, it's, its taste profile is, doesn't suit. But I mean, there's, there's, 
there's a lot of the, and that was one of the reasons why we did tartare was that we tried to utilize seaweed in a lot of places where it's not normally a say like in soups in confectionery like we did a a dillis croissant and um, mm-hmm. we did a, a kind of brownie with nori in it mm-hmm. um uh, uh, uh skin the soup as well kelp and another thing so um yeah it's 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 just to try and get people get people aware of it you know right so what is up next for you um well, let me see i'm working on a few on a few books um i never know what 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 uh what's going to stick so i always like try and write like five books at a time and i see which one which one gets picked up on so i i'm, I'm uh, we just published the anear one and we're doing a second edition to that um in in the in the autumn winter um just an expanded expanded edition and um the I haven't I've I'll have a book coming out in autumn twenty twenty four but um I think we're we're going to start a little academy in here as well and I suppose it's it's a response to the chef crisis that we have we have sometimes we have fifteen sixteen year olds who are in for work experience so I, I'm going to try and tap into that and put a, a course together for them so that we can help train some of the younger people uh for like a six week period on the weekends and then hopefully they will graduate on to want to go to college when they're finished school and that so sure. it's just uh, a, a, a kind like of, an internship uh, in that. yeah yeah a little a, a little bit like that we, we 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 have a lot of interns uh throughout the year mostly actually from america um i think i think sometimes you see culinary college in america is quite expensive so a lot of americans see the value of doing a, an internship in in europe because sure. not even though it, they don't get paid it's that you can learn a lot in 12 weeks whereas culinary college in ireland is practically free right. so a lot of them don't see the value of working for free to learn and it's, right. it's a bit unfortunate it's just because because of the the way the way the system is well i have a son who's 22 who might be interested in helping you, oh, <laughs> cool, cool. him to, you know and, and to be honest you know i worked for master chef from from france in, for yes. three years in boston so i worked for raymond who's a you know, a master chef. So I, I, I'm very fussy when it comes to service and things like that. Just from having that eye on training, yeah, and that sort of thing. That's where my wine stuff kind of started. But it, I actually all my okay. education happened in Ireland. I studied with Mary mm. Gaynor in Kilkenny. Um, but that was okay. I, I did the original stuff. I was managing restaurants in Dublin, and I did the original stuff with the Wine Board of Ireland, and then moved and then did my WSET three with Mary. But, um, okay. but you know, I, I was saying to Calum, you know. If you want to learn to cook, you really, sh- you know, I know, no, if, if you would be somebody he could train under, but you know, I was like, you could go to France or Italy and learn. There's plenty of cooking mm. there too. But again, you probably be, have to pay for them. That That's correct? what I mean. And I yeah, always, so I, yeah, yeah. I, I always say, like, I mean, like, of course, you can go to cooking schools and you can pay. And there, there's a lot of people that like to go to cooking schools and learn. But I always say, if you want to be a chef and you want to get into the industry. I always say there's there's lots of restaurants that would take you as a as an apprentice for a couple of weeks, or they might right. take you for a month or two. And like I think that you if, if that's what you want to do, then if if the industry is where you want to go, sometimes I think cooking classes are to learn how to cook. Whereas if you want to learn how to work in the industry, sometimes I think that you gotta. That's, oh, that's, that's the way you that's the way you gotta go. Yeah. Well, that's what happened to all of us, you know. So. A hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I ask everyone this question: What do you love? What do I love? I, other than cooking, I I love theatre and I, oh, and drama. Good. You know, I, you yeah, yeah, I'm a big uh, big uh, theatre buff, and uh, it's and something you, I like to. Theatre in Galway. 
I did. I did my PhD in drama, um, and yeah, actually, it was a it was a interdisciplinary one. I did it on on food and drama, so um, <laughs> it was a, a creative food. one. I love it. Stage, <laughs> staging food, and so yeah, I did yeah, the. You do have a theater I, in Galway. It's where Killian Murphy did a show there. Um, yeah, no, we have the we have the black box, and we have the town hall, and mm. we have we have a few, but the black box is is. Um, were um were usually where the larger plays are. So Enda Walsh did his play with um right. Ian Murphy in it. Very good. And so uh, the last question I have for you. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. Uh, what is your song? I would have to say it is uh, "Closing Time" by Tom Waits. Oh, that's a great song. Well, here it because is. Because the album, oh, the album is fifty years this year. Wow, there you go. And uh, here is your song. And thank you much. And and have a wonderful day. Thank you very much.